Welcome back to Face to Face Time. My name is John Ryan, and today's guest is Cora Boyd. Uh, Cora Boyd is a dating coach. She dates. Uh, she uh, uh, coaches people about dating, uh, f- uh, but she was doing mostly just males, and then she went into doing couples, I believe. I think she's, she's, she says it in the episode, but uh, it's, I wanted to mention in this intro that this was recorded before the uh, Black Lives Matter protesting started happening. And uh, it just I wanted to put this out now, though, because I think it's important that people don't get too carried away with uh, socializing. I get it. Protesting is important. That's I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about socializing for the sake of socializing. I've been to a lot of parks last week and everything's fucking crowded. And I'm not just talking about uh, I'm not talking about protests at all. Actually, I'm talking about just parks that are just people are there because there's they want to be somewhere um also people going on dates uh and i i just i don't know if this is a good time to just start randomly dating again so i wanted to put out this episode just to keep it fresh in people's mind that it just still be careful you know um but she she's it's also important to know that she's not she's not a, a health expert she's just a dating coach so this is the advice she gives to people uh with the time that we're in right now because she's doing it and i wanted her to put it on this show so that other people could know but anyway uh check her out uh on youtube man i saw this this is how i came across her i saw this video about her uh with her and it was on this youtube channel i think i called i think called the cut where they line up like 13 or 12 people and then they're in like it's six couples but you don't know who's a couple, and she guesses. Her, I heard the objective is that she's supposed to guess who's in the couple. So she calls like two people, random people up, and then she'll be like, "Okay, can you hug each other? Tell each other you, I love you. Uh, you know, uh, talk to each other, whatever." And then at the end of it, she has to guess who's in the couple in couples, and she fucking got all of them right. And it was it was just it was a cool thing. And once I saw that, I was like, all right, hopefully she'll talk to me on the show. And I got her to do it. So this is very excited to have her today. Um, uh, I guess that's it. Subscribe on everything you do use to subscribe. And uh, that's it. I'm going to give her let's give her a call. Hello, how are you doing? Got a nice candle, got my bubbles. Yep. Got my fuzzy item, so I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm good, I'm good. I, I'm doing really good. What does work normally look like for you, like, on a regular day basis? I guess now. Now it's, is it like just a bunch of Zoom calls? Um, so I'm doing, I'm not working with private clients anymore, so I run a core um, group program called Magnetics. Oh. So I do group, I facilitate group calls. Um, and then when I'm not doing that, um, I'm sometimes doing things like this. <laughs> mm. Or I might be meeting with clients privately who are in my group program. Mm-hmm. Um, or I am working on content behind the scenes and just kind of like scheming up different projects. Or reading about dating relationships, like reading up online or just kind of educating myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem to know like a lot it seems like you've done a lot of research within the crevices of you know the the details of dating so it's 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 really yeah. cool to to hear someone be able to speak about that um but with uh with the groups that you were saying you do 
because I, I saw that on on YouTube, I believe that you were doing a group, but it seemed like it was uh, was it couples? Do you do couples also? I do do couples here and there, but my group program it's like a three month program, um, and the, it's like a cohort. I mm. think a cohort through this curriculum. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'll lead those group calls and a lot of like group Q and A's and stuff. Okay, cool. And um, that's so you prefer that. I like that. Yeah. Um, it makes it so doing group work makes it so I have more time to create content or like learn and also uh. just like I, I have a thinking nook that I actually set up last week. That was one of my quarantine activities. I go in this corner in this nook and I do all my deep thinking. <laughs> so Wait, I, what is is this nook? Is this like a sort of like a sensory deprivation nook? Kind of. I set up um, they fell down, but I I set up curtains so it's like it's complete introvert paradise and I have a couch and it's nestled in between some windows so that's where I do my thinking now wow <laughs> some of my thinking or the bathtub one or the other um but yeah I, I prefer group um I do like private work but um kind of refocusing on group allows me so much more time to do all of the other things and like create more content that's accessible to more people too yeah mm-hmm <clears throat> yeah, it was uh, the. I was thinking the only thing that the only pop reference reference culture that a lot of people know about when it comes to a dating coach is Hitch. Is there yeah. is there any other pop culture dating reference that or dating coach reference that you actually, you know, were maybe inspired by to like be, become a dating coach? Because that's yeah, it's a funny thing to think about. Uh, like, what at what age do you even? know about that and then be interested in it like how did that even work yeah it's definitely an alternative path <laughs> uh so yeah i guess it like got on my radar like most people with hitch and then um i actually was a matchmaker for a couple years so um hmm. i and, and it's kind of like the whole dating industry is something that's um very much i'd say at this point it's established as an industry um, sure. Oh, yeah. Only in the last, like, that's only like codified in the last like five years or so. Or, you mm. know, the first online dating, I think, was, um, I'm complete, I can't remember exactly, mm -hmm. but I think it was like 10 years ago or something when like it started. Like, I think Match.com was one of the first. Um, sure. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I used to work for this matchmaking service, and the way that I got into that was just very intentionally. I heard about it as a thing, mm -hmm. uh, as, like, a potential job, and I just thought it sounded really fun. <laughs> I was like, I got to do this. What does that entail? What What does that look like, like, beat by beat? Yeah. So, basically, I worked for a company that, and it was remote. My work was remote. Um, mm -hmm. They have uh, kind of like a private Rolodex of singles. So, I, as a matchmaker, um, I would work with clients individually, kind of get to know them and what they were looking for <laughs> dating-wise. Yeah. Then I view prospects on their behalf, and then uh -huh. I create introductions. And then I debrief with them after. So, that was also kind of like my crash Whoa. course market research in what the hell is going on dating wise? Um, and I just talked. The volume of people I talked to was immense. What was your uh, success percentage? 
I guess how do you even measure that too? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's hard to measure. Um, They measured it in like yes to yes matches. Um, I don't really remember what it was. I learned pretty quickly not to take responsibility for other people's other people yeah, <laughs> in the dating yeah. world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say, like, most of the time it went pretty well. Sometimes, you know, there, there were shit shows or horror stories that would happen, too, as sure. will happen when just, like, two individuals get together. Some crazy stuff can occur. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Two people with heard... unresolved issues from their childhood coming out and manifesting their ways and dating exactly. across the table from a date. Yeah, for sure. Exactly, which is why I transitioned to coaching to be exactly that reason you just described because I was just seeing how it was such a band-aid solution to be making introductions when people would show up with the same behaviors that were um not doing them any favors or you know emotional blockages or whatever it might be so that's why I kind of pivoted to um equipping people with skills and like creating this container where I support them and develop like doing it themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can feel more empowered to be able to do it themselves yeah yeah and so what made you I I mean I know you've answered this in interviews before but I'm curious uh, what what made you go in uh, into it for uh, the the man side mostly um, so I also have since I, I specialize in men now but I've expanded the scope of what I of my work basically anyone who comes and resonates with what I do and it's a mutual fuck yes like I'll work with them if it's a mutual fuck yes but I did start out with this niche of working with straight men um mostly because I saw and like I just kept hearing while I was matchmaking um how much guys don't talk about this all that much yeah man we want to be cool we want to pretend we got it under control right right whereas like all you know most women have like a bureau of five friends they text immediately after a date in a group thread um so i was seeing that and then i was also seeing how like a lot of the support that was available like if you're a guy who is like hey i would like to improve and finesse my dating skills right and and these are things that we don't really formally learn how to date Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um we kind of pick up on whoa that's true there should be like a class in high school right Right, exactly. Jesus. So that's basically what I do. I was like, whoa, there's a huge gap where like this is one of the most per- like important areas of life for mm-hmm. well-being. Yeah. Um, and there are very few resources to go to to develop these skills and like have these conversations. And then I was seeing too for guys that most of the resources available was like the pickup artist community mm-hmm. um, and just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, dark chat rooms on the internet. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that's mildly alarming. Let's it is. That. Did you read that book? I did read that book. How yes. did you like it? Um, I read it. I read it a long time ago. I mean, I was fascinated by it, but also just a bit disturbed. Yes. I mean, there's you know, I mean, I didn't. I didn't read the whole thing. It was. I think I read it in like, two like 2010 or something like that. A friend yeah. of mine was really into all that stuff, and yeah. I just thought it was. Uh, I just didn't, you know, at that time, you know, there's a little bit, the valve was a little bit more closed on, we'll say, like, wokeness or whatever. Yeah. So it was a little bit more like me, you know, letting my ego get in the way, going, I don't need that stuff. And not that I needed it, but that I was just closed off to any sort of advice, 
it didn't make any sense. You know, I was like, I'm 20 and I'm smart and I know what I'm doing. So, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but, um, I, I read some of the book and I was like, some of this does make a lot of sense, but then there's, you know, I, I don't want to say incel community, but something of that brand. Yeah. You know, yeah. the blocked community that's just like feels like it's yeah. incredibly impossible to actually get the attention of someone you're interested in. Totally. And I think where the interesting thing with the pickup artist scene is like there there's a lot to it. You know, it, it's it's dangerous and that it gets really tangled up where like they're tangling up strategy and manipulation where like yeah. there's inherently some strategy in dating right and strategy is just like putting oh. some intention and some <clears throat> thought into what actions you're taking based on what outcome you're hoping for right yeah. so like i think there's absolutely you know we need strategy and especially yeah. in dating right it's like the strategy is the part of us that tells us not to like triple text the person that we're had a yes. great first date with right like oh, that's, okay okay right but um i think with pickup artist community it's like the strategy and the manipulation get really tangled up and like there are actually some threads of um like some substantial threads and what they teach. Right. Yeah. But it's very tangled up in, in manipulation and like manipulation is, um, you know, controlling someone else's perception of reality, essentially. Oh, um, can you say that? Say that one more time because that's really yeah. good. And I think people need to know exactly that phrase. That's so good. Yeah. yeah manipulation is controlling someone else's perception of reality. Right. So a lie would be manipulative because, you're not letting them make their own decisions based on the facts, right? You're withholding right. information or you're mm-hmm. changing information. You're you're basically like disempowering them from making educated decisions for themselves. Um, so that's where like with pickup artist stuff, it's a lot of it's really manipulative in that like their strategy to like put people down so that they'll go vie for your attention. Um, yeah. Which is fucked up. <laughs> That's just not good. But I would say, like, the it's it's clear the, that the intention behind it is, like, here are a bunch of guys who, who really want to be able to connect with people. And here is, like, a, a set of, you know, strategy set that can enable them to get laid. But that doesn't, you know, it, it, it by manipulative means, but that doesn't yeah. heal the underlying pain which we also saw in the book i think they all have mental breakdowns or you know don't quote me on that but that's my recollection i mean it starts with mystery having a like about to kill himself yeah because of some girl and then he you know it's 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 honestly if you just look at it as a story and not like a how-to book then it's a it's an interesting story you know um but uh yeah so i i you know being younger when I, I'm 32 now and uh, but when I was much younger it was so easy to be swept up by um, tactics like that because they worked sometimes you know the success rate was there and it you know as you get a little bit older you kind of learn hopefully people learn that that's just not the way to go um, in a way I had to go back and like make amends with a lot of people like as if I was like getting sober or something you know where it was yeah. like I had to go be like like I had an awakening and I was like I gotta go apologize to whoever I hurt and like you said manipulated their reality. Yeah. Um. And sometimes it's like, you know, with the with the um, 
with current things like dating apps and like texting and like that is its own platform of dating. Um, even texting is like has lives in its own dimension, really, where yeah. it's like, I mean, there was there was one time when I had like someone who was almost my girlfriend, but then like at a certain point, she just kind of stopped being able to hang out for like two weeks straight. And I was like, but she was texting me frequently. Yeah. So it was like, okay, our relationship exists here in this texting world only. So right. what is, this doesn't make any sense. And then it went, I think it went up to like maybe three weeks. It was to the point where I was like, I, I don't even know if I'm texting you anymore. Yeah. But a lot of people get caught in that where they go on a date with somebody and then they just exist in that texting world and it's hard to meet up. Do yeah. you have, do you have, like you mentioned, obviously you don't send the same text three times or whatever, but do you have like, I, I guess it would go play by play or case by case, but um, overall advice that you give to people when it comes to, let's say you go on a great date, for sure you both hit, both hit it off and now it's Monday. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I think also um, the interesting thing with dating today too, and like especially dating today, right? Like, and what that means. That this oh yeah, I want to get into that for sure. Oh yeah, um, is that like everyone? People have different digital communication styles. Um, so you know, some people are love to text. Some people like to voice memo. Some people hate texting. Some people, um, you know use a lot of emojis some people are repulsed by emojis you know like, yeah i love how you said like it's almost like this alternate dimension and it really is um mm -hmm. so what i always advise um i really think texting in dating especially like in early stages as you're establishing like okay what is this what is this dynamic we really only need to use it for setting up logistics and occasional flirting and expressing interest. That's it. So like what I see a lot is wow. people, uh, they'll go and, you know, start getting to know someone and then they're like, they're having these like very deep, intense conversations mm -hmm. on text. Yeah. And, you know, if that floats your boat, I'm not here to tell anyone exactly what to do. That's very not my philosophy, but mm -hmm. it's just like, that's not that's alternate dimension connection that's not like yeah i would say that's so much that can lo get lost in translation especially recognizing how how different people's digital communication styles can be mm -hmm. how we like can't pick up on people's tones like yeah. all of that so i really advise like use texting and dating to set up logistics and flirt a little bit like yeah. kind of, you know, send someone a picture or a joke or an article and kind of let them know you're thinking about them, riff a little bit, have that fun flirtatious rapport. But um, mm -hmm. in terms of like getting uh, caught in the purgatory of text That's dating. That's exactly what um, it is, purgatory. It's a purgatory. Yeah. And the way <laughs> out too is to, to like set a boundary with it, with your text of being like, cool. Um, you know, when are you free to hang? Or I, I'd love to hang out. I'm free Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Let me know if you're up for it, right? And then, like, that's a drop-off point. Mm -hmm. And this is what I advise with like online dating too: is like give people drop-off points where if they're not serious about having an in-person connection, it's going to become evident. And then you're like, okay, great. Now I know what's going on, and I know how to make decisions and use my time better. So a drop-off right. point, just to clarify, doesn't mean hey, if you don't text me back by this day, we're done. <laughs> 
you make it yourself, yeah. right? You put it on your calendar and you're okay. Okay, if they're, we're not hanging out by this date, it doesn't make sense for me to keep reaching out. It's more like um, you expressing very clearly that you would like to meet up in person, giving them a few options so that, um, you know, like just being very clear and that that's your intention. And then it becomes very evident if it's, if that's not their intention Mm, and then like they can, you know, they'll drop off if they're not into that. Right. But it's, again, it's the courage of asserting what your intention is. And so let's say that someone's getting, you know, uh, hints, subtle hints that like, no. And hints meaning I say, Hey, can you hang out? wednesday or friday and they go i don't know and they don't say like yeah you know what i mean exactly but they let's don't say offer an alternative. exactly yeah <clears throat> do you do you actually just like let that play out or do you keep going hey you know let's say there was some sort of connection and you're like what happened and maybe they had a change of heart you don't know you have no idea what's going on in this person's head yeah. Is it good to just stay true to like whatever your plan is and do what you do or I guess like act off of them in a way? Yeah, I think in terms of moving relationships forward, it's all about like um, keeping pace in terms of your levels of investment in each other. So what I mean by that Ooh, is like, that's good. So, yeah, it's like it's like watching people's actions, right? And like really letting that be the indicator of how much you're investing in them too. It's mm-hmm. like, are they investing back? Or are, are they moving this forward with me? Or am I just like pushing this forward and they're like, eh, maybe I'll kind of go along with it, right? Yeah. So it's always about like allowing enough space for people to reciprocate and indicate how invested they are. And when I say investment too, it's like energy, time, yeah. communication, um, you know, uh, upping the ante in terms of like, and what you're doing together. So, you know, yeah. inviting someone to meet your friend, that's a, that's someone investing in the relationship, right? Right, right, right. Uh, emotional investment. Um, so I think it's, it's about, um, the skill set in dating is really getting, getting your emotion and your logic and communication with each other. So that like, it's not just a question of, oh, I'm really into this person. It's also a question of, are they indicating that they're investing in me and they're, that they're invested in this relationship? Because mm-hmm. if they're not investing at all, like that's not a very wise place for you to invest a lot of your you know, time and attention. And also, I think it's relevant to bring up um, just like the amount of time that we spend fantasizing about people we're dating, or, you know, mm-hmm. how excitement, how, how excited we get, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a form of investment too. So it's really just about like watching their actions and being mm-hmm. like, are they, are they showing that they're invested here or mm-hmm. not? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then if you're, you know, if you're inviting someone, Hey, I'd love to, uh, you know, do that thing we talked about doing. I was thinking of doing that this weekend. Want to come with? And they're like, Oh, I can't. And then don't offer alternatives. Like that's low investment behavior. Yeah. 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 They're showing okay. they're not that invested. And you also just said something that's really interesting that I, uh, I think really, I don't know if you agree that it works or that it's the way to do it, but you 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 bring up something that you guys have talked about before. Yeah. Not like a new thing. Because a new thing can be they can be responding to that new thing and not and you you take it as they they don't want to hang out with you, but it's like they just don't want to do that thing, whatever that weird thing is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that could totally be. And I think like 
the invitation is always like uh, subtext is always hey want to spend time with me yes exactly that's "Eh, it yes no (laughs) right so oh so okay so something that interesting that's been happening to me a lot all right so i'm single i'm in new york i'm in a pretty unique position right now you know what actually before we get into this do you mind if I, I pour a drink? I've got an ice bucket. Very classy. I had to make it classy for this. Also, this is I love I love talking about dating because it's been something that like you know everyone can talk about. It's my exactly you know yeah that's that's part of what I love about what I do and like making this an area that I've studied so intensely is like number one it's relevant to literally everyone um, and. Number two, like any walk of life, any age, whatever. Everyone wants to talk about dating. It's interesting. Everyone, Everyone wants to be wanted. Interest, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then um, number two, it's like talking about dating is really a microcosm to talk about pretty much everything else in society because everything else comes up. It's gender, gender politics. It's yeah. socioeconomic stuff. It's biases come up. It's like what do you value and why it's it's all of these things it's such a gateway to look at just how we operate in the world so it's always interesting yeah um and this is actually the first drink i've had all quarantine wow i'm honored yeah i haven't really had uh a reason to drink i'm just alone so i'm like what am i you know um (laughs) and everyone i've interviewed has been like um non-drinkers pretty much yeah uh anyway so um cheers and uh thanks for doing this interview but i have so i wanted to talk about um uh what was it oh you mentioned so there's a way that people can um i I guess we'll 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 call it like that that um alternate uh reality the um the texting what'd you call it purgatory Uh where it's just this weird dimension that you you hate to be in you know you just want to see this person and see see them emote and you want them to see you emote and um what i've been doing all right so i so my unique situation is that i'm from los angeles i'm 32 i took a job out here i don't know many people out here i um i have you know, work friends. I have a couple friends here and there in my neighborhood, but at this point, no one wants to really like hang out and not just dating, but friends also, especially in people's places. So there's something I've been FaceTiming a lot of people, obviously. Um, (laughs) but, uh, aside from this, I've just been FaceTiming friends every day. And then I'm like, well, this makes the most sense. Everyone must be FaceTiming. So on Tinder or, uh, I'm, I'm on Tinder and Hinge. Those are the two apps that I'm on. Yeah. And I'll eventually, the conversation will be going well. And then I'll somehow bring up FaceTime and then just crickets. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll get past that barrier and we'll talk about FaceTiming and it'll be fine. But they'll say, um, FaceTime gives me anxiety. Mm. But meeting up doesn't. I, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate that, and I, I've come across it more than once. I wouldn't be asking otherwise. Right. Yeah, it's interesting right now because 
there's not, I mean, if you, first of all, everyone still wants to date. That's been very evident and that's been very evident in my work and what I've been seeing people do. People are getting fun and creative with it. Um, I had a, <laughs> I had a client who, uh, posted a really funny blurb in his neighborhood Facebook group that he was looking for a, a quarantine wife to zoom with. And that like, he got a bunch of zoom dates with this. It was great. Um, <laughs> okay. So like someone to meet up with them. really, or just to zoom with? Oh, to zoom with. And then oh, okay. potentially meet up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I've had clients who are like met people on Twitter uh, and Instagram. So I, I think there's an opportunity to get creative with the different digital platforms we're using. I do think, um, you know, obviously nothing stands in for in-person connection. And, uh, this is something I was already talking about and already a little bit concerned about, uh, dating wise prior to the quarantine situation. Um, but oh. I, yeah, okay. uh, just cause online dating was really done. Like so many people have this desire to meet someone in real life and, um, don't think it's a possibility or, mm-hmm. or, you know, think that people do it less or whatever it might be. I've just heard a lot of frustration on the apps, but sure. I don't, I think there are some positives for dating in terms of what's happening right now. Um, one is that people are getting more creative. Yeah. Uh, one, another is that the entire dating script or, you know, status quo has been disrupted, which leaves more opportunity for people to feel, uh, feel like they can chart their own course, chart their own path, which, you know, was always the case. Mm-hmm. Always the case that you could do that, but now you absolutely have to because there's yeah. no, you know, there's no how to book on how to date in a quarantine, yeah. and no one else knows what the fuck they're doing either. Right. Um, so, what I'm seeing mostly is that people are they're meeting on apps or they're meeting on like on Facebook groups or so like different kinds of social media introductions. Mm-hmm. Then they'll zoom a few times, and then um, depending on where they are, they might go on like a distanced nature walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's the trend that I'm seeing. Um, so mm. I would say, and you're not the only person who's told me that, that there's like a lot of, like, first of all, that the apps have surged because uh, yeah. everyone's at home and they're, you know, bored and they want to connect. Um, everyone's horny too. Everyone's horny. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has needs. And it's not, everyone I know that like, Sometimes it could feel weird to talk about, but everyone has needs. Everyone needs to have sex. Everyone wants that mm-hmm. that connection, that release, whatever they get from it. But mm-hmm. it's something that people are lacking right now. And, totally. you know, I can totally understand people getting creative and trying to figure out how to connect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, exactly what you said of we all have needs and one of them is to connect. One of them is, like, physical, One of like, sexual. We have a lot of different needs and... Mm-hmm. Um, those needs have been kind of short-circuited, a lot of them, currently. Um, mm-hmm. So people are finding creative workarounds because no one's going to stop wanting to connect. I think what's interesting, too, is, like, right now, people want to connect more than ever because they're a little freaked out, you know? Anxiety levels are understandably high, and um, it feels good to connect with other human beings when yeah. we're scared. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's interesting that that, like, like 
that's what we want most right now or what we need most right now and that's what we can't do <laughs> I know. Um, but we can we can in different ways right um so for you know people actively dating right now um the option is to hop on the facetiming bandwagon or you know phone calls no man so, yeah. so like with those women you talked about, they'll probably come to that point because what are they going to do? Not date for the foreseeable future. Well, she was like, why don't we just meet up? And I'm like, uh, uh okay. <laughs> um, first off, meeting up is much more of a commitment. I think it's, it, yeah. you know, also I live in Brooklyn. She's in Manhattan. So, yeah. uh, this is just, um, I, no one in particular, um, <laughs> it's like someone who I matched with on a on an app. It's not someone that like I'm currently like hanging out with You're or anything. Invested. It's low investment. Yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of like yeah. okay, you want to come all the way from Manhattan to Brooklyn somehow don't use the subway right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then hang out for I don't know, an hour and then go back. Like I would feel bad if it was just an hour and then it's like okay, well we're outside for how long? Like Right six hours outside like at some park that's we snuck into or something you know what i mean yeah it's totally yeah i think another potentially good thing about facetime or zoom date video call dates becoming a norm is that there'll be kind of a stand between between um in real life and the apps right mm -hmm. where it's much easier to hop on a video call and you can tell so much more about a person being on a video call with them yeah. than you can messaging on tinder right yeah um so it keeps it low low commitment where i actually think it'll mitigate um people going on shitty dates because there's some sort yeah. of pre-vetting happening right and it's very convenient yeah. it's from the comfort of your home um it's really easy to do it's also like your your risk is low, like because right now the risk of like going anywhere is yeah. a disease. It's a disease, or Tough. yeah, you know. Yeah. So you could you could go meet up with someone and be like, I can't believe I risked my life for this potentially. You know what I mean? But right. um, yeah, it's it's been strange because I've got that several times where they're like, I don't like FaceTiming. It's horrible, and I almost yeah. think like half of it, half of that might be like. A trendy thing to say that FaceTime gives you anxiety you know I don't know if that's like something that you've come across but it's like I I, I can't put I don't know I've just so confused why but <clears throat> um, it was just a, a question I had that but that's cool I, I agree I think people will, will start coming around or they're, they're gonna have to you know they're gonna have to and I guess there's always the option of a phone call too um, yeah. more, sometimes people feel more comfortable with a phone call, but also it's like, you're going to have to meet someone, you know, a lot of people feel uncomfortable meeting in person. It's like, mm -hmm. at, something's got to give at some point if you're going to connect with other humans and mm -hmm. it's got to be a phone call or FaceTime or meeting up in person or, you know, whatever that's going to look like moving forward. Something I'll do that's, I feel like, uh, a gateway to FaceTiming is just sending a voice memo. I love voice memos. You know? Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. going like, hey, what's going on? Sorry, I don't have like enough hands to text at the moment. I'm cooking yeah. or whatever I'm doing, but uh, I wanted to answer your question. Hey, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then more than likely, like 80% of the time, they'll send back a voice memo. Yeah. Now we're talking. I love voice memo. 
Exactly. It's so much more personal. I'm a huge fan. I think it's a little, it's refreshing because it's a little more uncommon. It's really personal. They can listen to it again and be like, oh, he's so <laughs> <laughs> You yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a little more intimate. It's also, um, you know, it's, uh, it's bold. It's bold because it bold? you're taking it into territory that's more personal. Yeah, it's, I think it's bolder than just sticking to text. Interesting. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the voice memo. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That's uh, so do you think people on Tinder or any dating app that they're on, they should state that in the beginning? So they don't like, what if someone doesn't like FaceTiming and they just want to weed out those people and they, cause they want to FaceTime with people and not wait one month until they actually find somebody, you know, yeah. is that, is that something you should put up front? Like looking to meet up, looking to FaceTime, looking to, you know what I mean? Like, is that something that you yeah. they should put there? You, you absolutely could. And when you say up front, you mean on your profile? Yeah. Like in your bio or something. Yeah. Yeah. You totally could. And then I also, I always recommend, um, like even under normal circumstances, keeping that text thread, uh, or, you know, message thread on the app between seven and 10 messages before you ask to either like transition to texting and then arrange to meet up. But it's like, the more it, it's the investment thing, right? And it's the purgatory again. Um, because the more energy and time you're putting into this correspondence and like dragging it out, mm -hmm. right, the more you're investing in this relationship. And then like, you also don't know what it is until you meet up FaceTime, whatever. Um, yeah. So why not just cut to the chase faster? And the reason I say seven to 10 too is yeah. because you want to riff around a little bit, right? You want to like build some rapport, feel yeah. out, okay, like there's some shared can, like humor. There's some, there's some potential for connection here. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't want to ask before there's any, you know, before both people feel comfortable and there's been some established rapport. Otherwise, they don't really have much to go off of, right? Yeah. Um, and this is a bit different when we're talking about meeting up in person versus FaceTiming, but not really that different. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, you, most people don't want to acquire a new pen pal who they don't even know, right? I know. So yeah. I was like, like, the faster you can get in person or, <clears throat> you know, as the case may be, FaceTime the better because it's the, the app that's just the initial point that's the initial platform you connect on that's not where you build a connection right yeah you build okay. a connection when you when you meet it's just an avenue to facilitate a meeting yeah because there's a lot of people that needs to be said a lot more because there's a lot of people that are trying to do the opposite yeah i you think know? it's something like a third of people uh, and this may be an outdated statistic, but I read somewhere that a third of people on dating apps have never actually gone on a date sourced from an app. What are, like, what are they doing? This is a video game. <laughs> I think they're on the toilet. Yeah. Or yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, for, for people that, okay, so for people like me that are on dating apps that are, because here's the thing too, is people are also very afraid of being vulnerable. There's a lot of people like, obviously I'm only swiping on girls because I'm a straight male, but when I see uh, like majority of girls that I've seen, not majority, sorry, uh, uh, I don't know, some, I guess I'll say like 15 to 20% of the girls that I actually see, like feel interested in that I see on apps will have like a, a bio that says like, um, uh, uh, I don't want to, 
uh, no, I don't want to meet you or something like that. Something that's just like, uh, okay, so what are we doing here? Or like, I don't, I don't want to be on this. This is stupid. This is, I, I don't like this or something like that. And I'm like, why can't you just admit that you want to love somebody yeah. and you want to be loved? It's not yeah. hard to put yourself out there. We're on a dating app already. Like, right. just say I want to meet somebody and, you know, open up your heart and something might come in, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've all, like, <laughs> those ones crack me up or when people say, like, I'm only on here because I lost a bet. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah let, let's just drop the stigma. Yeah, I think people also, maybe like you were saying, it cracks you up. So maybe they're trying to be funny, too. So maybe just yeah. feeding into that attitude behind, like, isn't this funny? We're on this app. Um, yeah. Do you think that there's, like, okay, so this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, I, had a, I, I had a question from, from a friend. I, I hit up a lot of people because I was like, hey, I'm doing this interview with uh, Cora Boyd. I want to see if they have any questions. Is there a world where people start meeting up? and and having okay i'll say from from my end which is what i've researched which is the 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 risk now is covid obviously yeah. right so it, it has been uh said in uh i, I want to say it was the cdc i forget no one quote me on this i don't know exactly what i'm talking about but it was it was said somewhere that um most of the risk comes from transmitting transmitting it through kissing and not necessarily like it's not an std you know it doesn't get sexually transmitted do you think that there's a future in dating where there's no kissing sex <laughs> oh man i hope not that would be, <laughs> that would be awful that would be I know, um, right? Yeah. You know, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. Um, because obviously, you know, they are still learning about the virus. And then obviously people are getting a little restless. Mm -hmm. We do not like to be socially isolated. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. Um I would figure at the point that people would be having sex that they would have reached past the point of fuck it yeah. uh, and mm -hmm. just kiss, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. that, that's an interesting thought. Um, but I think that would be very sad. Yeah. I mean, I so I just watched uh, uh, Demolition Man. Mm -hmm. Have you I seen that? Seen it. No. <clears throat> it's a movie with Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock. And it's basically about a cop that gets uh, uh, frozen. It's to where technology is able to freeze you for hundreds of years. So he's frozen for like 200 years and then he comes out in the future. And now the future is at a certain point where no one really touches each other. People are all wearing bodysuits. When you shake hands, you just go like that and the other person goes like that. Yeah. Um, to have sex, you put on this headpiece thing, kind of like headphones, really skinny headphones that goes on your temples. And yeah. you can just like experience each other and then you actually can like orgasm and stuff like that. But it's, I mean, that's like the future. It actually made me really sad because I was like, yeah. okay, I, you know, it's very easy to spiral with all this stuff going on. Right. But it's that's, yeah, I know yeah. it's, it's, it's strange. So, um, 
but so what what would you say like is a safe date idea you you mentioned nature yeah. walks but i mean how and i know just to to state the obvious uh you're not like part of the cdc or the who right. you're not a scientist anything like that you're simply yeah. a dating coach but have you been talking about any safe dates like is it safe to go to someone's place is it safe yeah. to go with someone on a walk to like not safe i'm sorry that's the wrong question for you is it is it uh normal to, are people doing that is that right. out there are right now that? yeah because yeah, that, that, that's, that's a very different question yeah i know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and um what i've heard of it happening quite a bit with with walks and mm -hmm. like park hangouts right or yeah. yard hangouts where people will sit on separate blankets um might even wear a mask uh but what i understand too and you know obviously people have different pods and it's it's challenging to talk about this and even to like know fully like where the pulse of all of this is right because mm -hmm. there's so much messaging that is very confusing, right? Um, and messaging you're not talking about. Uh, oh, I'm talking about like culturally. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So to the question of like whether it's safe, again, not not. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a healthcare professional. Um, I would say you know it sounds like healthcare professionals would say like no. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think what we're seeing too is that. Um, depending on how long this is, this goes on, like people are going to need to be around other humans, other mm -hmm. in some capacity. Otherwise, like that's a detriment to our health. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mental health is, for sure. I've been feeling, I've been having yeah. very dark days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, mental health, which is, you know, the mind body connection connected to physical health. And like, then that's like, okay, does that increase your, your likelihood of getting the, I, I don't know. Right. Right. But, um, I am seeing it happening, and I, I think the the thing, the tension to play with here too is like, if we're responsibly hanging with a handful of individuals, it's like okay, then it's almost like an STD conversation about like who else have you been hanging out with? I know. <laughs> like, who have been hanging out with? Right? It, actually, in a weird way, isn't it kind of like? It, it's kind of like the conversation that we should have been having all along yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like I, okay i don't know if i'm gonna put this in the podcast or not but i'll, I'll tell you very quickly when i moved here i uh I, I was i was you know hey single guy in new york you know i got a great job out here i got a nice place out here i'm, yeah. I'm dating around so i was i was like you know being a uh, a little slut around Brooklyn and, and Manhattan, right? And yeah. uh, so your boy ended up catching something. Yeah. It was curable. Took a yeah. pill, went away. Yeah. But before I took the pill, I gave it to somebody else. And I had to Oops. tell them. Yeah. And I cared about both of them a lot. Yeah. To the point where I was like, I don't know which one I want to date because I really, really, really liked both of them, you know. And yeah. uh, I, if only we had had the conversation as as like 
truthfully as we need to have it now. How, are you hanging out with anybody else? You know, right. because, you know, it, there was a lot of gr- shades of gray between me and this person or these people. But yeah. it, it, right now it's like it's almost feels like a like a felony if you were to lie to someone about that. You know, it feels incredibly unlawful. The stakes are high. Yeah, yeah. the stakes are totally high in mm-hmm. terms of like the honesty around that. Yeah. Um, and kind of to answer your question of is it normal? It's like it's happening. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm seeing. It's definitely happening um, mm-hmm. that people are, you know, going on dates and then obviously like the degree to which they are um, adhering to all the distancing or not mm-hmm. is really, you know, give or take. Um, but I'm, I'm hearing about it. I, like that's the progression of how I'm seeing people dating and what I'm hearing about and what I'm, I'm seeing with clients too is like you meet, you know, you zoom, you FaceTime a bit, maybe you, you intersperse that with talking on the phone and some voice mm-hmm. memoing what, what not. Um, and then people are typically then doing some sort of outdoor hang, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting too, because it does, um, it changes dating and that it really strips a lot of the, the theatrics of it or the performance of it, right. Of the curating the date or, you know, and I think that's part of what we're noticing, um, not just in a dating way, but, you know, in a personal way, we were just talking about mental health though, but like, so much of distraction is stripped so we're left with okay like what's going on with me (laughs) like how am i feeling what like what's going on over here oh my god yes right yeah yeah definitely (laughs) and then similar dating too it's like whoa okay does it feel like a lot of pressure to just have it be about the conversation and the connection Mm -hmm. if so it's like interesting what were we hiding behind before Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um so I, I've been getting a lot of inquiries, too, of people really wondering what to do on virtual dates or, you know, how to make it really special. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think it's really adorable and heartening to see how creative people are getting with it. And you know, I had a client, um, you know, he they both got dressed up fancy and <laughs> he had dinner delivered to her place. And like, I love that. I think it's so cute. And, and I love just like the spirit of innovation that's happening. And um I also don't think it matters that much what what we are doing, right? It's just about hmm. can we have a conversation with another person, oh, right? Wow. And like can the can the activity be okay, maybe we're figuring out what to do yeah. together or your share screen sharing or whatever it might be and like mm-hmm. if it's fun for you, awesome to do something creative and theatrical, right? But like why do we feel such a need to do to do that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you, uh, because, okay. So I have a lot of friends uh, that they're my closest friends in life. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point they all, I'm not going to call it a bandwagon, but I, I, I might've treated it as such. They started reading a lot of self-help books, which is fine. I get that they started reading a lot of self-help books and some of it felt a little bit cringy to me. And this might be the thing is like, you know, when I was 20, I was not open to advice. And now when I'm 32, I'm not open to it until maybe in like a couple of years. Right. It could be that, but it, it feels like, cause, um, a lot of what you're saying is 
mirrored on the other side because, uh, you know, um, for, or I guess you are specifically talking for men, aren't you? Um, no, not necessarily. Okay. So what I've been hearing a lot from them is a lot of things that you've been saying too. Um, the, you know, going back to what you said about seven to 10 messages and then make a date and that's it. And then if someone's not interested, then you don't want the same things. I think so much of dating too is like really taking the time to clarify with yourself. Like, what do you, what do you want to experience? What do you want? And then like not putting that forth into the world and letting people fall off, you know, Mm -hmm. like filtering out the wrong people faster versus what can I do to get this person to like me? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's part of it too. It's like, okay, if you actually want to FaceTime with someone, people are weeding themselves out by not wanting to do that, right? Versus like you have to uh, change something of what you're doing. It's just a Mm -hmm. misalignment. You're not on the same page, right? And it's better to know Mm -hmm. that sooner Mm -hmm. than later. Yeah, there's a, um, um, I uh, forget who I was talking to about this, but we were saying that text chemistry is, is very important um in dating somebody do you think you can establish that within seven to ten messages i think you can i don't think you necessarily will um and i don't think that you have to necessarily Mm -hmm. right because again it's like any of these initial steps it's they're just initial steps right Right. So there's not like nothing has to get solidified. That's just you feeling out. Okay. And and this is what I say too, in terms of like agreeing to see someone again or, or whatever it might be. It's like, it's just at these various intervals, especially early on, is there enough intrigue for me to want to keep talking to this person? Or is there enough intrigue for me to want to meet this person? Or is mm-hmm. this, is there enough intrigue for me to want to see this person again? Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus like this, certain things needing to be established at certain points, right? So I think you can, you can kind of feel that out, right? Also, some people have, um, it's awesome to have great text chemistry. It's really Um, fun. It honestly can be one of the funniest, funnest things. Yeah. Especially if you're like busy, like if you actually can't meet up for like a week straight, right? you know, and like you're making each other laugh and like, I feel like I've actually felt... uh, in the beginning of this quarantine, I was like kind of talking to somebody and, um, uh, I didn't feel lonely at all. It was great. I mean, maybe it was because it was the beginning, but also, um, once it dropped off, like there were just like certain signs and stuff that we weren't really compatible. So we just kind of stopped talking. But once that happened, it was almost like within a few days, this wave of loneliness hit that was like, Oh my God, so the text, the text chemistry went away, you know, I think I, I'll say it for you if you don't feel comfortable saying it, I, if you would even say this, I feel like having someone to text right now is a really good way to feel not lonely. Yeah, I think it's a fun way to, to and it's banter. safe and it's safe. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun way to banter. Um, and feel connected and kind of have something to feel excited about right yeah something excited about it feels fun that's awesome 
if it feels stressful, that's something to notice too, right? Mm. And that's true for anything in dating, right? It's like always follow the pulse of what's fun for you. Like the rules of like, I don't believe in dating rules. I just didn't believe in like, you know, educating yourself on some of the, the these fundamental dynamics and then also following like your intrigue and your curiosity and what you enjoy. Hmm. Um, so like if people are having a great time having fun, bantery text, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Great. yeah. Yeah. There's like a lot of really fun, like, um, things that I'm trying to do. I mean, right now, as the moment is right now, I'm really not talking to anybody, which is, I mean, let's be honest, that, that's kind of rare for for single people in general, right? Like, could, do, you, do you actually find that people that are, are single are generally talking to two or three people at a time or one, you know what I mean? Like, no one's really single and not talking to anybody, right? Sometimes, yeah. It depends on the person, but so, like a lot of people will be, you know, there's a few, there's like a rotation on the back burner of just like, eh, send out a little smoke signal over here. <laughs> send out a little smoke signal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. totally. For sure. Um, but, but I hear you. Um, it is, for someone who's an active dater, and like, I'm in a relationship now, but prior to that, you know, like, I was a pretty active dater. Um, I was pretty much, you know, always talking to someone in some yeah. capacity. Right. Um, and I think I think it is kind of good for us to, like, have these areas of, like, oh, what is it like to not do that? What is that? And that can shed some light, too, on what you get from that and why you like it. And, um, it just it's just perspective, right? It's stepping away from something and gaining a little perspective on it. Okay, let's say like uh, a vaccine is out tomorrow. Holy shit, they they did it. <laughs> you don't have to worry now. You can go to CVS and get a fucking shot, and you're all good. Do you think people are still going to be hooking up? Like, is the one night stand obsolete? Hmm. I think. It's interesting because all of this has certainly turned hookup culture on its head, right? Because now it's like, oh, I'm well, so sad. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. People, yeah, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> but you know, I don't. You know, we again, we we need to have sex. I don't think that one night stand will ever be totally dead, ever. Yeah. Um. But I do think maybe it'll be less commonplace to have a, like a lot of casual sex with different partners. Um, and, and, you know, if it, it's, you know, whether it's tomorrow or, you know, six months, a year, 18 months, whatever, I think everything that's happening has really... is and will shift a lot culturally. Um, and we can't know exactly what that's going to look like yet, but rest assured, people are going to fuck. They're always going to fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think it might look different, right? The culture of it might look different. Um, in the yeah. same way that, um, you know, people have always been having casual sex, but yeah. it was just more under the table. And then the, in the past handful of years, and then, you know, like hookup culture and colleges, universities, whatever, yeah. it's almost been uh, for a younger demographic and, you know, certain demo certain subsets, it's like you hook up and then you get to know each other emotionally. I know, um, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> which yeah, is which backwards. I think, yeah, I think, and as someone who's very sex positive, I fully support people having sex. I think it's really healthy. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have also talked to so many people who have felt very dehumanized by that culture. Um, and, and felt a hookup culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in what way? In that, I think many people feel it's transactional or impersonal. They just feel discarded. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so my hope is that we can create a little, a better balance between the emotional connection and the physical connection. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the way that I, was always really sexual sexually active um with like as a single person being sexually active it was it became more like sport which which i know sort of sounds like it's i guess objectified or, or something negative but it's not it's more like um it's, it, do you want to go play tennis it's it's more like that you know you want to you know and, and then you know, I had a friend, um, she was, I've known her for like 10 years. We're just really close and cool. And I guess we're, you know, really attracted to each other, but for some reason, not interested in like going further. Yeah. But we had a routine, maybe like once or twice a year, we would just like hang out, have some, go to a movie. Like it was straight up like a date. Like it was a one night stand twice a year. It was great. And like, I would still do that with her. She's like an amazing, smart person. And, you know, we would also hang out and like not do that too. But yeah. like definitely twice a year we were hooking up. Yeah. Um, and that, I don't know, that's like, I, I don't know, that's, that's important, I think, for people to, to know that it's not. It doesn't, know. exactly, it doesn't have to be transactional. Yeah. Casual sex does not have to feel impersonal. Yeah. Um, I think it can, depending on the people having it and Mm -hmm. how they're conducting themselves, right? But, like, it absolutely doesn't have to be impersonal. So we're at about an hour right now. Um, What I I normally cut these down to take out, like, any dead space or any, like, repeated facts or anything like that. Um, Do you have about 15 more minutes? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just going to, like, pour a little bit more. (laughs) Awesome. And um, I'm going to have – I had um, people – message me on Instagram and I'm going to open it up right now and, and, and read you some. So, all right. Had some messages from Instagram for you. This is maybe one of my favorite ones. Um, uh, let's see. So what's the best way to navigate red flags in a time like this when people are really stressed out, people are depressed, um, do you accept certain red flags? Do you, you know, do you just see them as like, oh, this is how they handle bad situations? How do you navigate a red flag within the dating world during COVID? Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of red flags often become evident when we see someone out in the world interacting, right? Yeah. Maybe they're rude to the wait staff mm-hmm. or they... You said you notice that like they um, don't, you know, they they tell a lot of stories about 
friendships that have gone south and you get start to get a little curious about like hmm, yeah who's the common denominator in that situation uh-huh. yep. um, or you know you see them in different social settings and you just get to see different parts of them emerge right because people don't really advertise their red flags <laughs> uh they usually don't verbally say it right i i'm sometimes a red flag is hearing what someone uh hearing something and how they talk right mm-hmm. or like getting suspicious about how they're telling a certain story or, or whatever it might be but so much of how we pick up on red flags is seeing people in, in action out in the world right so that mm-hmm. is something i have thought about um i think in, in terms of how that question was phrased it seemed like well they brought up okay people are stressed out they're you know there's lots of low levels of anxiety, some high levels of anxiety too. Yeah. Um, so in terms of all of that, um, I think what really matters is how people, how people conduct themselves, right? So like, let's say they're having a heart and do they take that out on other people? Do they take that out on you? Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say they are, you know, feeling kind of low. You're, you're chatting with someone remotely, right. They're Mm -hmm. feeling kind of low. It's like, how do they talk about that with you? Is Mm -hmm. it that they just get cranky and, um, lash out? Um, or is it that they're like, Hey, I'm having, like, I've been noticing I'm feeling really grouchy and I like, you know, um, so if they can actually identify their mood and go, I don't know why this is happening, but I feel this right now. Right. Right. Or even I know exactly why this is happening. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Right. So I think paying attention to how people talk about that. Right. And also like, that's a huge indicator of maturity and Mm self-awareness and emotional capacity too, is how people talk about their experience. And like, also if they let themselves feel a little low, right. I think that's a huge sign of maturity versus pretending everything is fine all the time. Mm. So I would, with the circumstances, if you're talking to someone remotely, um, pay attention to how they respond to stressors and pay attention to how they talk about their experience. Can you just define stressors for people that don't know? Define stressors. Um, anything that, uh, stresses you out. Anything that like, yeah, anything that stresses you out. Okay. All right, cool. (laughs) Um, So I think the, the, the fact alone of them having a hard time just makes them human. Um, so I wouldn't see that as a red flag at all. It's really, you you get a glimpse into how they move through that how they move through adversity how they move stressors and like that's a huge indication of maturity and character yeah um and if you're ever not sure you can ask ask questions and then you know get them talking about a certain thing and then you can you can kind of see their capacity for introspection or their lack of it right mm-hmm. and then you just you take all of it as information and you just collect it all as information yeah 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 okay yeah so get just i guess it can kind of actually be summed up in in um not summed up but it can be uh explored by maybe a general idea of how to get to know someone in general like just saying how is your day today oh you know this thing happened i was at work uh you know my boss said this thing it kind of pissed me off Okay, well, well, what'd your boss say? You know what I mean? Like, just general, like, getting to know someone. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But focusing on those. 
Okay. Right, and then you can start to notice the patterns. It's like, okay, if this person blames everything on everyone else and can't take any personal responsibility, or like this person is really lashing out in these types of ways without bringing the awareness of, oh, I'm a little on edge right now because I've been socially isolated and there's a, a completely uncertain future, right? It's understandable for people to be having a hard time. I think that's totally okay. And yeah. like that's also someone being able to recognize that that that's mm-hmm. happening is a sign of maturity but yeah it's exactly what you said of asking these follow-up questions and then you just start to see how they process things and how right. they think how they respond to things um and you just go from there okay cool um all right so that was from that was from marco uh another question from this is from jose um now i i i, I asked him about this question because it sounds like a joke but it's not I, I can rephrase it for him. You know what? I'll say it how he asked it, and then I'll talk about how he meant it. What okay. he asked is, is corona, is coronavirus an STD now? <laughs> what he, how he meant it, which I think we kind of touched yeah. on it earlier, which was, yeah. um, are we going to have to treat coronavirus like an STD now? Mm-hmm. Honestly. Again, not a health question for you, but more a yeah. social question for you. Right. Um, yeah, I kind of think so, because it yeah. is that question of, like, who have you been hanging out with? Like, have you been sleeping with other people? Have you been tested? Um, so it's yeah, kind of the best thing to happen for one night stands a little bit, right? Like, in terms of disease, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that might be a good thing, because it, it will inspire people to have more candid upfront conversations which hopefully will get them practiced in having other kinds of candid upfront conversations yeah and i think that's what we're seeing right now too is like um because of just the the realness of what's happening i think everyone's like a a little bit more open to Mm -hmm. truth and to connecting on truth rather Mm -hmm. than kind of what we talked about around hiding behind the theatrics or you know um you can't pretend this isn't happening right now. And like yeah. really what we're facing is our mortality, right? Yeah. And, and that's deep. That shit is deep, right? So, so you're yeah. going to be having conversations with people that cut directly to the chase. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Right. Which I think can be a really potentially a really good thing for, for dating and relationships, right? Mm. It's like a lot of the facade melts away. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a great point. So there there are advantages to this pandemic for dating particularly. Yeah. I think it's that it, it you know people are also more emotionally open um, because again we're being faced with some very real questions having to do with mortality and right. like also life. our families and friends mortality. Exactly. Exactly. So I think like everyone's a little bit more emotionally open which you know, can be, and a little on edge, right? But like this, that can be something that connects us if we're willing to meet in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think that uh, this really sheds even more light on how valuable relationships are, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and we may be noticing the ways in which we haven't prioritized it and shifting that into, whoa, I really want to prioritize this more. We, mm-hmm. um, my hope is that whenever we can interact in person again, we're going to be so excited to do it. And it's going to be like a treat to get offline. I mean, I feel like it already is. We're oh my so God. 
balls, right? I can't so I wait. That is positive. It's like I'm hoping that there's going to be a lot more like quality to in-person interactions, where so much of what has killed quality of of in-person interactions is phones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like they're not going anywhere. So we got to learn to work with them. And they also, we have all of these networks that we're seeing now. uh, Technology is what's keeping us connected in a way. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, I think it's about balancing it. And like, I I read a piece of research too, where if you're having dinner with someone, the very presence of a phone on the table decreases the quality of connection. Do you remember where you read that? I don't remember where that's I read really it. good because it, yeah. it totally does it totally does because you're like oh are they gonna are they not listening to me is there gonna be an interruption right yeah so what I'm hoping is that like when we do interact whether it's you know in in the future when we can at whatever right or it's you're sitting in a yard at a slight distance with your friends right um everyone's gonna be so fucking sick of technology that i'm hoping that will create a oh my god what a good point fingers crossed yeah oh that's gonna be great great? yeah i think it's already i'm noticing because you know i am um when i'm seeing my boyfriend and he lives we don't live together so we're fortunate in that we're not driving each other insane Mm -hmm. and i it's nice too because i'm like okay i need to get out of my house i have somewhere else to go but i noticed that it's like i don't i don't want to be anywhere near the tv or the phone Mm -hmm. when we're hanging out because i'm so tired of doing that yeah i mean it's also the thing where like you know anyone that i'm hanging out with now like i have a friend from work that we go meet at the park and we sit at a table across from each other like a park table yeah and we just talk like yeah that's it we're not on our phones like it's not or i have a friend another friend that we just sit on a stoop and we just talk you know it's it's become this thing where like why would i be on my phone and waste this valuable time with a human you know exactly so my hope is that that will really transition how we are valuing spending time together yeah and the quality of that time um, all right, so I have a question from Rob, and um, uh, it, this is a, a question from the internet. Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly why he asked it, but I do like, I do like how complicated the question could seem. Um, what's it like dating a dating coach, and what's it like <laughs> being a dating coach and dating? Yeah, it's a great question. Um... I don't know what it's like dating a dating coach. <laughs> would you but, date uh, a dating coach, though? Didn't I? Would you would date? I? Would you date a dating oh, coach? Would I? Um, if I was into them as a person, totally. Yeah. Um, I would. And what is it like dating as a dating coach? Um, it's kind of funny for me to say because it's just my experience. So it's hard for me to distinguish that from just the experience of being me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I really do my best to not put pressure on myself to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, like, in the work that I do with clients, and I think, and I what I hope has been evident from this conversation, too, is, like, my intention with people is never to put them in a box or put pressure on them to be perfect or Mm -hmm. tell them this is exactly how you should be doing it. I actually think dating and relationships are like this super fun playground for personal growth and exploration and, um, 
learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I approach it that way too. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I definitely do hold myself to a high standard in terms of, you know, not being super reactive, not being a goddamn baby, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. but like, sometimes I'm a fucking baby. And, and I, I let myself do that because I think that's part of being a human and that's part of being vulnerable and like the vulnerability of love and opening up to people is that like sometimes... What do you do mean you're a baby? <laughs> what I mean by that is like I have moments where I am like reacting instead of responding or I might be being a little bit petty, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I let myself do that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's not even a question of me letting myself do that. Sometimes it's just like, well, this is happening, right? But it, but it, um, but actually, being a dating coach helps you yeah. when times of you, in times of you are you being a baby, does yeah. help you navigate through exactly. those feelings and go, okay, this is what's going on. You're sort of just Absolutely. pulling behind, pulling the curtain over, uh, pulling the yeah. curtain back, and going, okay, let me see how these gears are working. And let me yeah. put them in the right place so that I can respond the correct way. Exactly. Or even just seeing, hey, I'm like really pissed off and feeling really petty right now. I'm going to go take some space and feel that way before I come be in conversation. Like, yeah, it's that self-awareness. And, and yeah. like part of it, too, is like allowing myself to have the full scope of that experience. So I think that for me, I mean, it definitely makes it so I, I do experience a, a really high quality of relationships in my life, friendships, romance, like love life, all of those things. Um, and I, I, I really do practice what I preach too. And that like, mm-hmm. I could not be in integrity and, and go teach and work with my clients and be saying something different than what I'm doing. Cause so much of my personal experience informs how I work with people too. Um, so I would say that, uh, It's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. And it's mm-hmm. the full spectrum, you know? Um, and, and that's also why I'm so passionate about um, really bringing that, like, the fun and the exploration and the realism into the, the approach that I teach clients and how I work with clients. is like, mm-hmm. I'm not telling them go be, go be this type of way and be rigid because that's, that's not fun. And, like, relationships – you know, ideally, it's an area of your life that inspires and energizes you, not one that stresses you out. Yeah. And you, right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's the thing to look at is like, if we're trying to be so perfect versus being like, I'm going to show up and be vulnerable and be me. Um, that's draining. Right. Yeah. So I don't really fuck with that. Um, that being said, you know, sometimes relationships are stressful. They, they're stressful moments and that doesn't, that those are things to work through, right? Right, right. Um, so yeah, so I think that's kind of a long-winded answer of like, what is it like dating as a dating person? No, that's fun. Extremely interesting. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It seems like it's actually very, uh, like, t- uh, oh. there's got to be a word. I don't know the word because I didn't go to like a real college. But there's a word for sure that has to do with like, it sounds like contextual, but it has to do with like textbook. It, like it's it's contextual, it's textbook you will dating you, dating a dating coach. Prescriptive. Be- prescriptive. Or, or like uh, by the rule book, by the rule book maybe, mm. by the book. 
I don't know if it's by the book because that feels like two in a box. It feels a little bit more like maybe the answer would be a little bit more like. uh, Oh, cerebral, maybe. Cerebral. Yes. Yes. So there's a problem. All right. Let's go to the drawing board. Let's figure this out. Let's, you know what I mean? Instead of just like, I feel this way, I'm going to react this way, and we're not going to yeah. talk about exactly how we feel and what's the root of this problem. Yeah. We're going to go away. So it's the opposite. It's, okay, well, let's. Right. It's again, it's, I brought it up early on in the conversation. It's getting your, it's like allowing both your logic and your emotion to have a seat at the table in terms of how you're conducting yourself and, and getting them to be in dialogue with each other and respect each other. Mm-hmm. where it's like oh i'm feeling this way i'm gonna trust that feeling and then also there are times where you're just like feeling something absurd and you're like logically okay i can see i just need to let myself feel that for a little bit and then i mm-hmm. can simmer down and come back and have a conversation all right so just just uh um oh i think i asked all the questions i just i was gonna ask one for me but i i guess i asked all of the um the audience questions um <clears throat> Here's my question. I want you to, I'm going to put myself on the line here a little bit. Okay. All right. I have a, uh, a Tinder bio and a hinge bio and I'm going to look at it. I'm going to see which one you, um, okay. So my Tinder is actually very, I have it really simple. The only thing that I have on it is in the bio. I have, um, just my, I just say, here's my Instagram. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it's a little like if we were talking about the idea of transactional. I feel like it's uh, it's really um, you know just keep it simple on Tinder, right? So uh, I just I just put my thing. What I'm going to do is send you a photo, uh, a couple uh, stills of my Hinge profile, and I want you to rate it. <laughs> and don't hold back. Just Tell me what you think about everything. I want you to think about, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, um, you can tell me I don't look attractive in certain photos. You can tell me I look more attractive in certain photos. You can tell me I'm talking about weird things. Tell me not to in- uh, link it to my Instagram. Uh, any of okay. that helps. Um, and uh, and this is just for me. This is just because I'm the host of this show and I need to put myself on the line. I don't want anyone to think that they're getting taught a lesson unless I'm not getting taught a lesson also. <laughs> awesome. Okay, let me see. Okay, they shouldn't have oh, said here, that. Here it is. Okay. Awesome. So they're, they're in order. The first one is the, the, the overalls. Fall for you if you have a great immune system. <laughs> you know what's funny is I had that actually... Uh, way before the the I've had that part for probably like a year. Yeah, I that's really funny. I like let's debate that is this a simulation or not. <laughs> I like that you have your Instagram linked. I think that's a good move because um, first of all, women are you know they're thinking about safety and yes. they want to see you're an actual person. It also gives them a lot of fodder to go off of, right? Like there's a lot they can look at your thing and kind of infer things about you and if there's someone they would feel connected to or not. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) The picture of you with the Modelo. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I don't think it's a very flattering picture, but it's kind of hilarious. Um, Yeah. It's kind of hilarious. uh, And it's also like an interesting optical illusion. Right, Um, right. 
I don't love the picture of the you with the hat down because you look kind of bored and um, not as approachable as you actually are. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, I like this picture of you and your friend in the pool sticks uh, because I think it, it shows your sense of humor. Um, and it's a, it does a good job of showing a bit about like your your social life without it being a cliche like group wedding picture. Oh um, wow, she's good. Okay. And what about the sunglasses photo? I like it. I think it's funny because the tag is still on. Like, there's humor. There's yeah. clearly humor in all of your pictures. Do you um, think that humor is like one of the most important things to have in your social media in your uh, dating profile? It is if that's something that's important to you, which I'm getting that it is, <laughs> based on this. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah, I guess it is important to me. I I didn't yeah. realize that till you asked it right now or said it. Well, you're also clearly you have an artistic sensibility that where, comes through. Where where does it come through? Well, it comes through in like your overalls, you know, like <laughs> that's that's a bold choice. I like it. It okay. comes through and like people that wear know, overalls are normally creative, just so everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it comes through also in that like you're choosing pictures that are a little bit like offbeat and a little bit unusual. Ah. Um, so, so you're not, it's not like a basic sensibility and that you're picking again, like hiking pictures and group wedding photos. <laughs> uh, so there's a little bit, there's like an interesting angle, right? And like, even with the tag thing, um, it's mm. funny. I, I like it too, because it feels very candid. Uh, it's also funny because you have sunglasses on your shirt and you're clearly in like a <laughs> convenience store or yeah. something. So it feels like you can kind of imagine being in that moment with you. Like it captures a moment. Wow. Um, and that's what I like about the one with you and the friend too. And like, you know, your friend is like riding the pool thing like a broomstick. It's like, oh, they'd be fun to hang out with. Um, and like these are these are moments too. It's not there. It, none of this is canned. Even the one in the overalls, like there's there. It's like you in action. And the Modelo one again. Like I don't think it's a very flattering picture of you, but it's it got a laugh out of me. Yeah. Um, like it's pretty funny, and it's also like I'm like, how does that even work? That obstacle. Oh. So I would say like the the one I would switch. There's also not a picture of you smiling. Um, there's no picture oh. of you smiling. So wow. I would swap out, which I would swap out the one of you with the hat, the close up where you just look, you look a little bit bored and a little bit unfriendly mm -hmm. for a, a, like a higher quality picture of you smiling so that we can just get a more dimensionality of your personality. Wow. That's good to know. So that's, actually, that's my feedback. <laughs> All right. So now I'm going to tell you what gets the most responses <clears throat> first okay. off shout out to hinge hinge actually is very good at what they do which is trying to get people to match up they're yeah. so good at that it is probably the best dating app for me in my experience yeah and i've it's done them all for a long time raya you name it i've done them all yeah and this is the best one now, I, I also work in tech, so knowing about tech stuff, I know how they do this. 
I know the algorithms they run. I know the experiments that they do to try to get people to match up. Um, I'm very familiar with how that goes. The test that I that I'm involved in, I, I'm like so impressed by Hinge much more now. Um, all right, so here's what here's my results that I've come across. Um, number one liked thing of all time from this profile. Is this a simulation or not? Yeah, it's great. Um, possibly, possi possibly close second is I'll fall for you if you have a great immune system. That that's like that might they might be switched actually. I'll fall for you every. Then maybe they're tied, but people go like uh, women go after. They really like those two things, which is again a nod to a nod to Hinge because you can like the prompts and not necessarily you don't have to like the photos right all right photo wise um oh the beer can one definitely yeah that's number one 100 <laughs> percent. yeah that's it's the funny. one that they like it's funny and unusual i think that when women see me they want to laugh no, no 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 let me rephrase that i think when <laughs> i think when women see this profile they see something that makes them laugh and they enjoy it and they want to. They want more of that. So they they like the photo that makes them laugh, and they want me to yeah. embellish on that. Right. Um, uh, the also the second in second place is the one that you talked about me hugging my friend. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then third place is probably the uh, the sunglasses one with the tag. And yeah. most recently, the overalls. Yeah. Um, and not only that. The comment, the or the the first message is, "I like your overalls," <laughs> even if that's not what they liked. So, yeah. I mean, when you pointed out all this stuff, I mean, you nailed it. And and actually, no one's. I forgot I even had this photo. Yeah. Because no one yeah. said anything about it. Swap that out for a high quality smiling picture. Wow. Okay. Should I? There's is, no pictures of you smiling. Is it weird to do one where I'm like doing this podcast? No. Let's you do think it. so? Let's do it right now. Let's take a screenshot. <laughs> well, I have a camera record. I have three cameras recording, and oh, I have one right here. So maybe I'll just take a screenshot from this and great. just me smiling. And I'll I'll find some time in this interview. But Perfect. um, well, we're at a, go a good amount of time. Cora Boyd, thank you for doing this so much. This is one of my favorite interviews that I've done so far. Um, where can everybody find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at the Cora Boyd, C-O-R-A-B-O-Y-D, or my website, CoraBoydCoaching.com. And thank you so much. This was really fun. And you're not just doing, uh, you're not just coaching men. You're coaching uh, yeah. anyone who's romantically involved in all walks of life. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, yeah. Cora. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Have a great one. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching that episode of Face to FaceTime. That, that, was, that was amazing. I mean, sh she's right. Everyone can talk about dating. That's the gateway into all conversation. She's totally right about that. She's right about pretty much everything she said. This was an amazing episode. I'm so excited that I did this. I'm so excited I reached out. And... Um, I mean, I don't even know what to say because she said it all. 
Um, but thank you for watching so much. Um, if you've made it to this point, thank you so much. Um, I, uh, I, I feel like I want to have her on again. There's got to be more questions. There's got to be more. I feel like she's, she has anything I brought up. She had something to say for a while that she, she knew about. So I, I feel like I just, I personally have more questions. I don't know about you guys, but if you do have more questions, please let me know, comment wherever you're listening to this, comment on my Instagram, uh, whatever it is, but, um, it's face to FaceTime at face to FaceTime on Instagram. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube comment, please questions, because what I'll do is I'll, I'll just have her back on. And, um, uh, that, that to me was incredibly insightful when it comes to, um, you know, just knowing where we're going, especially if you're a single person. I mean, even if you're in a relationship, this is important to know, right? Let's say you're married and you live in New York and you're like, oh, my husband's going to go get avocados at the, the, the store. I mean, is he being safe? You know, again, this isn't about safety. This is about trust. You know, there are things to navigate within a relationship. Um, I, if anyone for some reason took away any safety tips, this is not what this podcast is for. That is not what this episode is for. This is for relationship advice. This is for dating advice. This is for things to look forward to in the dating world. This was, this was an amazing episode. I don't know what else to say, man. Um, thanks for watching. Follow, uh, follow me on Instagram face to, at face to FaceTime. Um, uh, my uh, um, YouTube channel is uh, uh, just search face to FaceTime and uh, uh, same thing with uh, the Insta uh, not Instagram I already said that I'm all drunk or something I don't know I had a fucking drink or two in this episode and I haven't had a drink in like 70 fucking days um, uh, all right so the but the other thing is uh, the podcast apps any podcast app that you're listening to this on whether it's a um, uh, Apple Podcasts or Google or uh, Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and review, please. Thank you, face people. Face to FaceTime. Face fuck people. You face fuck. I love you. Bye.